You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is a Locked On crossover. Thanks for making Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Northwestern your first listen and watch every single day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. That is FanDuel.com slash Locked On. I am Zach Seiko, host of Locked On Nittany Lions, and that is Carter Bird of Locked On Northwestern on the other side. Carter, it's great to catch up. Good to see you again since the uh, abysmal, abysmal football game. Yeah, that uh, the game and the rain and the wind where everybody, nobody could hang on to the football and there was just turnovers left and right. Yeah, that was uh, an interesting one. Sadly, I can I can say it was not the only one of those that I dealt with uh, this fall as I got I got somehow the most competitive game for yeah. Ohio State besides, I guess, or that they played in Big Ten play, I guess. Um, but yeah, that was that was really uh, it was a crazy game that nor- Northwestern Penn State game this fall. But uh, it was fun to watch. Um, I mean, I didn't get a win. When I, I didn't get a lot of wins this season. I don't know if you uh, heard about that, Zach. Well, the basketball team's making up for it because this is uh, <laughs> very much when was the so. last Northwestern last made the NCAA tournament in what 2011. The 16-17 season is the only other time that Northwestern has made the tournament ever. Um, So this is this looks like year number two because they've pretty much locked it up at this point at twenty and nine and eleven and seven in Big Ten play. And uh, I mean, when you reel off seven quad one wins, they did have an eighth that apparently has dropped to quad two uh, over the past week or so. Um, but when you get seven quad one wins, it's, it's hard to keep you out. Yeah, that'll do it. Especially in the big 10. I'm right now they're <laughs> 11 and seven in conference. I mean, Penn state now Penn state hasn't been to the NCAA tournament since 2011. And if they beat Northwestern, if they beat Maryland, I think they need to win. I'd say three in the big 10 tournament. Uh, if they if they yeah. get two, they that just still leaves it up to chance. But if they uh, if they get three and the basically win five in a row, and, and you're in, obviously win the Fair Big enough. Ten tournament. If you win the Big Ten tournament, you're automatically <laughs> in. But uh, that's yeah. there's no way there's a snowball chance in hell that Penn State's going to do that. Uh, Northwestern though, I I'm I'm really surprised with it. I knew they'd be better. Let, let me start. Yeah. Let, let's start there because Northwestern was a team that was definitely underrated. All the predictions were wrong. Go figure. You know, all the previews <laughs> got this one wrong. But the the Wildcats uh, being tw- at 20 wins now and, and being a lock, they are even if they lose out, they're a lock for the mm-hmm. NCAA tournament. Uh, but this is a team that's centered around Boo Booey and then some others. So what happened to Northwestern that they were able to basically rebrand itself and become a completely different basketball team from one year to the next year? Well, I think when you look at this team, I mean, it starts with the backcourt. It starts with Boo Booey and Chase Audige. Chase Audige last year, he dealt with um, a hip injury and he, you know, he wasn't, um, he wasn't the guy that we've seen this year. That's, that's averaging about what, about 14, um 14.6 points per game he's also i mean he's about as as good of a defensive player uh like guard as there is in this conference yeah. i know he's a semi-finalist for like the naismith defensive player of the year award i think that came out today i want to say um but i mean he's 
He's been really good. Um, he's been good on both ends for the most part. He's had a little bit of a cold stretch uh, besides the first half of this past game against Maryland. Uh, Boo Booey has emerged over the last few weeks and has been just unbelievable. Um, the way that he's able to to kind of be the leader of this team to when things when things go haywire and everybody starts panicking, he's the like calming hand um, yeah. for this team that can calm everybody down. And he's he's just money with the uh, floater in the paint game right now. And he hits so many difficult layups and. The three-point shot started to come around a little bit. He's been a little bit uh, below what he's been for his career, um, but he went off for 35 two games ago against Illinois. It's just a shame that nobody else helped him in that one, and he ran out of gas, and eventually Illinois came back and got that win. That's where it starts. Uh, Matthew Nicholson at center, he's gotten so much better over the course of the year and has been better than they ever would have dreamed. Uh, Brooks Barnheiser has been the same way. They've gotten some production out of guys you weren't expecting. Um, there's a freshman that they literally he played like three games uh, for the first like 15, 16 games. And then Julian Roper gets banged up and uh, all of a sudden he's thrust out there and he's been solid. And it's things like that. When you add it all up, they've become a much uh, more well-rounded, better team. And they've really, elevated their play here over the last month or so. Uh, I guess I guess I can ask the, something similar about uh, Penn State. It feels like they're a team that is very guard, um, I guess, led and very senior led. Is that fair, fair to say? Uh, according to Ken Palm, they are the, in fact, the oldest team in, in all of the country, just with the guys yeah. that they brought <laughs> in and the guys that they do have uh, Jalen Pickett in his final year. Uh, Seth Lundy's been in the program for four years. Uh, this is going to be his last year, even though he can come. It, it's safe to say, I don't, I, I don't know, but he's played essentially. He doesn't need an extra year of college to get to where he's expected to land. As far as it comes to like NBA scouts or anything, they're going to look at him and say, there's really not much more than you can do because he's had that good of a season. I, I think Jalen Pickett, uh, in in his final years, played his way into an NBA contract, maybe even a, a very late second round draft pick. I, I think he'll go undrafted just because there's only 60 spots. Uh, Andrew mm -hmm. Funk, who they brought in from Bucknell, is is another a super senior that's coming in with the additional eligibility. And then you have guys like Miles Dredd who are also on the roster. Uh, and then you got a little bit of veteran talent, into like in the mid tier guys that just haven't. They haven't played as thought as as much as I thought they would. A guy like Dalian Johnson, who is one of those uh, older, younger veterans, uh, mm -hmm. not not too much wear on the tires in terms of his college career, but he's someone that really hasn't played a whole lot. They also had Mikey Hen, who came in the portal. This is his final year of eligibility. So yeah, all, all those guys that I named, except for Seth Lundy, Dalian Johnson, the exception there, uh, are are in their final year of eligibility and or their final year of playing at Penn State. So they are the oldest team, but they haven't been together. It's like, wow, the most veteran experience. Yeah. They should be able to put it together. Well, not quite. They're better than last year's group, but they still haven't pieced it all together because they've only played together for what nine months. Uh, mm -hmm. the, this is a group that's been practicing together since June of last year, and a second-year head coach at Penn State who uh, has done a phenomenal job. Micah Shrewsbury 
the fact that he is able to work his system to tailor his system to whatever group of players he has, he wants to play a meaningful pace game. Penn state is still one of the slowest teams in terms of pace and possessions per game in the country, which I was surprised at. I thought they would get out and run, but they became a, a shooting heavy offense. Whereas every single pass last year mattered <laughs> and they had to be, as slow as molasses they had to be truly a, a slow paced team and try to beat you to 55 that was the name of the game so but this year they, they shoot the threes but they they do take their time and they run down the shot clock but they they have speed so they can run with you and, and i think penn state does want to push the pace ultimately so a team that's older, a team that I thought would get better down the stretch, and somewhat they they put the game they put together a three game winning streak, uh, and then I the Rutgers game for me I just think it was nerves. Yeah, I, I really don't. They they were up by nineteen. They call that timeout. Rutgers calls its timeout, and I think Penn State kind of got in that mode like, whoa, we're we're up by a bunch. <laughs> and, and it kind of was it was a subconscious shock to them. And the nerves kind of kicked in like, ah, you know, we can't lose this lead. We can't blow this lead. Whereas they should have said, let's step on the gas pedal. Let's step on the gas pedal. So that that's where they are to this point that we're going to continue our conversation previewing Penn State versus Northwestern this game tipping off 9 p.m. at Northwestern for Wednesday, March 1st. Today's episode, today's crossover episode between Locked On Nittany Lines and Locked On Northwestern is sponsored by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here. Now's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet does not win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything. Pick your favorite NBA bets. It can include the core markets like spread, money line, and total. Player props like points, rebounds, assists, and so many other exclusive bets like the two-by-three where two three-pointers are scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And thanks so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Northwestern the crossover today. Your first listen and watch. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball, everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. He's Carter Bird. I'm Zach Seiko. Of course, if you haven't already, subscribe to both the channels, Locked On Northwestern, Locked On Nittany Lions. Help us boost the subscriber count. Appreciate the support if you've done so already. We're talking men's basketball, Penn State Northwestern, a crucial game for Penn State because it's do or die. The mulligan here, mm -hmm. I, I, we've kind of come to the terms here for the Nittany Lions that they need to go four and one down the stretch of the last five. Well, that one loss was Rutgers. I thought it was going to be Northwestern. It's going to be Rutgers. So now this is the case where Penn State must win this game. They yep. must win. It's a must win against Maryland, whereas Northwestern, they're in the tournament. They could lose out. They could lose embarrassingly the remaining games that they have and still get. Yeah, I, I know what they're they're They still have a lot <laughs> to play for, Carter. They still have mm -hmm. uh, one of the buys, one of the double buys in the Big Ten tournament. You obviously want to be, have a better seed in the NCAA tournament. But Northwestern, at least for the past two, they've cooled off significantly. Uh, they had that 19-point lead or an 18-point lead against yeah. Illinois. 
And so talk about blown leads. We're in the same boat here. Uh, <laughs> and then just Maryland, just boat racing Northwestern. Now, Mar Maryland beat everybody in the Big Ten at home. So I, I don't think the Wildcats feel bad about that one. But mm -hmm. do you think there's a that Northwestern's gotten a sense of comfortability down the stretch here? You know, I, I really I'm not sure I feel that way just because of the way yeah. like the way that they've kind of they, they still have this this air about them like, hey, well, we're picked coming 13th in this conference like everybody doubted us and like even still like in that that run of games um i'm pretty sure that they were underdogs when they went to wisconsin um after the the michigan loss uh and then they were i know they were underdogs at ohio state underdogs against uh purdue indiana and iowa uh at, they may have been a one point favorite against iowa but it just doesn't feel like they've gotten the respect and attention um, that you would expect a team that, that reels off wins like that. I think they have, they still have that mindset um, at Illinois. I mean, they got off to a great start. I mean, Boo Booey literally outscored Illinois in the first half. He had 22 points to Illinois 19 uh, at halftime. And then we saw, um, just no, it was an off game for everybody not named Boo Booey or Brooks Barnheiser. And then you saw uh, Illinois get really hot in the second half. And um, nobody stepped up for Northwestern in that one. I still thought they fought well. It was pretty similar to when Northwestern beat Indiana, built a huge first half lead in that game. And Indiana chipped away, got crazy hot in the second half. Uh, and Northwestern hung on to a two-point game, thank, or to a two-point win, thanks to a boo booey uh, bucket at the very end of the game. Uh, Maryland, something that was a talking point coming into that game is this team was now like freed up to just—they don't have to feel the pressure about making the tournament because they've already done it, mm -hmm. uh, and it's freeing them up to not be like crazy stressed. Like every game is like so do or die and so crazy vital. First half, it they looked like a team that was playing loose. Uh, the movement of the offense was beautiful. A bunch of open shots. They shot 59% from the field, which they may not have done at any point uh, in the first half or in a half of a game all year. The issue was Maryland could not miss. And like in the first half, the shot selection was pretty difficult. And they hit a bunch of them. They started 8 of 11 from 3. And you're like, there's no way they keep this up, right? And they go... Six of 11 from three in the second half. And all of a sudden, you're just sitting there and you're like, I mean, if they're going to hit 70% from three, what are you going to do? And that's kind of what it second half, Maryland, Northwestern got a little cold. Maryland stayed hot. And I think Northwestern got frustrated with the, the just rate that Maryland was hitting three pointers and um, kind of lost their cool. And that's how you saw that one unravel. But this team is so kind of like Penn State. There's so many veterans on this team that I don't think they're just going to um I don't think they're going to be like, "Okay, hey, what? We're in the tournament. That's that's good enough for us like um great season. I think you're still going to see them fight because at, by beating Indiana, by beating Purdue, um by getting wins like that, I think this team has a belief that they can I mean, when they play their game, they can beat anybody in the country. Uh, it's just about getting consistency from 
uh, whether it be Boo Booey or Chase Hadish, which Boo Booey, for the most part, has been pretty consistent. Chase Hadish has gone through it a little bit in the last few weeks, but Ty Berry and Robbie Barron, guys who we've seen, I mean, Ty Berry, when they played Nebraska, he had like 27. He was insane. He just could not miss from three. And then he like didn't hit three for like two and a half weeks. And it was like, I don't know what's happening here. <laughs> um, but I, I think this, this, when they're on, this Northwestern team believes they can beat anybody in the country. And I think that they have the veterans to keep that hunger and chip on their shoulder. Remains to be seen um, if they continue the, the winning ways that they've had for the most part this year. Would you say that uh, has, this, has this Penn State team, because there's all these leaders, in that three-game winning streak, did you think that they were kind of coming together, starting to play some better ball? I mean, the Illinois win's impressive. I mean, Minnesota's Minnesota, but... I'm um, curious what your thoughts were about the, I guess, three games leading into that that Rutgers game. I mean, interestingly enough, uh, yeah, Minnesota's Minnesota. I, I think J- <laughs> I think a high school JV team could beat that. And it's just what they've what they've gone through too. They they've had COVID. Um, they've mm-hmm. had games canceled due to other circumstances. So uh, it's, but they're they're the worst team in the Big Ten when when all said and done. And, and Minnesota gave Penn State everything they could handle. Penn State, fortunately, being the better team, was able to close it out. But if there were a couple more holes on that Penn State team, uh, Minnesota gave everything they had. Uh, against the Nittany Lions. So the game before it against Illinois, seeing that one in person, uh, Penn State just, I, I think because they're so adept in the backcourt, they Penn State has no front court. okay? Mm-hmm. They just, uh, they're freshman Kebajai. I, I can't wait for him to be a much better player next year. He's playing out of position. He's a four playing as a five. Yeah. And he's a, a, against guys like Zach Eady, Hunter Dickinson. Like this, this just isn't fair to a, a kid. He's still a kid going up against sixth, fifth, and six-year seniors in the Big Ten who are the the biggest in the country. Like the Big Ten is the most physical basketball conference, and, and it's it's completely different from the way the rest of the NCAA plays. I swear, it, it's almost yeah. completely different with the NC with the SEC the big 12, the rest of them just play different basketball when it comes to power five and the higher up mid-major conferences. Uh, and then there's just the big 10 where it's, you know, first one to score to 50 uh, kind of thing. And it's a great, great for TV. Great to, great to watch and ticket sales, but yeah. Penn State, yeah to your ahead. point, I think I, I think I heard a stat um, today or something. I, I guess it may um, be since that, that Rutgers game for Penn State. Uh, I think Rutgers is something like 18 and one this year when they hold a team below 65 or some yeah. crazy stat like that. Yeah, like, exactly. yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what, what you see when you look up and down the, uh, the, the Big Ten. Yeah, and, and the Rutgers game, Penn State, there's no excuse at home blowing a 20-point lead. Uh, if that's Purdue or if that's Indiana, Maybe a full strength Indiana because Penn State did beat Indiana. Maybe that's a little different. Uh, but in, in this case, Rutgers just I, I just think they played a little more mentally tough than them. I think Penn State was trying to like they when anytime anytime there's a team that's looking to be a bowl in the China shop and, and that other team is carrying like a glass plate around, who's gonna win in that instance? And I think that's what Rutgers says. Like, let's just go mess stuff up. And Penn State was trying to protect this fragile lead. 
the second that that script flipped in the second half. So I'm going to chalk that up to just mental toughness in that game. Shooting at Rutgers plays exceptional defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Penn State wasn't going to out. It wasn't going to uh, put 80 or 90 points on on them. But Rutgers and Northwestern are both very good defensive teams. So at the end of this, this this matchup worries me. The game against Illinois isn't shocking by any stretch because Penn State just ha- matches up well with the Fighting Illini. They're so good in the backcourt that Illinois is just... Because when Penn State went all guards, one through five, that's when they scored a boatload of their points, if you can believe that. But for a team like Northwestern, that's like Rutgers, where they're physical. They only allow, what, 61 points per game or so? Uh, 62 points per game and and they're just a defensive minded team first that does not bode well for Penn State teams that like to run that that want to shoot that want to be transition play transition basketball Penn State can do that Uh, so it's teams like Northwestern Rutgers that really go to this we're going to take every second off the shot clock we're going to be very conscious with our possessions and we're going to get the tough contested twos whether you like it or not and I just don't think Penn State uh, and any and if you have a player that's six foot ten or taller, Penn State's screwed in that matchup anyway. So uh, as I, I want to devote our final segment to keys here, Carter, because I, I don't think Penn State matches up well in this. The spread for this one is Northwestern minus three, minus two and a half, depending on where you look. Total set at one thirty four. So that would project this game mm-hmm. around sixty seven to sixty four. Uh, ESPN gives Northwestern a 73% chance. And that's kind of a three, three fourths of the time. If you play 10 games, I easily see Northwestern winning set on at Northwestern seven out of 10 times, but, but Northwestern does not shoot well. And and this, this is going to be interesting to me because Northwestern does, doesn't shoot well. And Penn state's one of the worst defensive efficient teams. They, they are, they're very bad at defending efficiently. So they won't give up 80, 90 points, but they give up the easy basket. It's not about the quantity. They give up the quality shots without any problems here. So what would you say about Northwestern just being, do you think they'll have, because they've struggled on offense. They're okay offensively. So do you think they'll have their way scoring uh, or will it, will it be a bit of a struggle since they don't shoot, they shoot 41%. That's not good. Yeah. They're um, they can struggle um, from two, especially sometimes. Uh, I do think that they have started to get a little bit better from three here recently. Um, and I think that that's a product of you look at chase. Adige has, has shot it. Okay. This year, uh, Boo Boo, he's gotten a lot better. You've started to see Brooks Barnheiser come along from from deep. Uh, but when when you talked about pace, I do think that that's that's something that you're going to notice with this Northwestern team because they know Boo Booey and Chase Aldiz have to play so many minutes because the backup point guard is Chase Aldiz. So and they're both and that's your one and your two on this team. So they have to find a way to almost like steel rest. There'll be times where Boo Boo is getting across half court, like right as 10 seconds is, is coming up and like, he will walk it up the court to, to catch his breath when he has to. So sure. If, if you're looking for, if Penn state's looking for a, Hey, let's get out there and run game. That's, that's not what's going to happen with Northwestern. They're going to slow it down. Um, and that's, that's kind of how they want to play. I mean, I think, 
you're going to see Boo Booey and Chase Audis and whatever kind of um, combination. They're probably going to get theirs. But when I look at both of these teams, I look at the way that Matthew Nicholson has played recently, the way that Titus Verhoeven, the backup center, who's not a huge guy, but has really impressed me recently um, with how he stepped up his play. Uh, Robbie Barron, who's a taller kind of four, there's some some guys for this Northwestern team that I think will have a size advantage against Penn State, and I look to them to have um, pretty good games. Uh, Northwestern could use Robbie Barron really getting going because he's kind of been – for a while in non-conference play and early conference play, he was your third kind of consistent scorer, and then he's kind of gone quiet. Uh, but the the chemistry between Matthew Nicholson and Boo Booey, the way that they now are so on the same page, Boo Booey has figured out ways to get him the basketball and get him uh, really easy looks at the rim. I think that's something that you're going to see Northwestern take advantage of. Um, on the defensive end, I would imagine it's going to be difficult down low with for Penn State if they try to go inside at all with the way yep. that North that Northwestern loves to double everything and then they just it's just an absolute scramble and it's it's intense watching how all these bodies just take off running around the court trying to cover up for the the trap whenever anybody gets down low um, when it's not run well Northwestern can give up three-point opportunities, which is my concern considering well, what we just saw on Sunday, uh, second half against Illinois. Illinois was 7 of 13 from deep. It could, um, if the communication's not there for Northwestern, Penn State could get a bunch of opportunities from three, and we know that they're I mean, a top-10 team in the country at three-point percentage as a team. Um that could be a, a way that Penn State stays in the game. But if Northwestern slows the pace down, um, limits Penn State's three-point opportunities, I think with the size advantage and they're going to want to get the ball down low, I would say that Northwestern definitely has the advantage in this matchup in my mind. I'm curious what what your thoughts are going into this one. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be rebounding that that awful shooting performance. It's not going to be rebounding itself. It's going to be capitalizing on the fact that you were so atrocious against Rutgers. Uh, the two best shooters nationally in the country, Andrew Funk and Seth Lundy are the two. They're the best duo. And then they're up there in the top 10 in terms of individual shooting. They went for a combined one of 18 from three point range. So mental toughness is my key in this one. How do you bounce back from losing a you you were up by almost 20 to 19 it was a 20 point deficit right close to it and and at home and you blew it so is penn state going to be able to travel just a few days later against a good northwestern team i i don't even know if i'd trust them in this case against uh, minnesota's pushing it but just lower teams in the conference uh mm -hmm. they they've struggled on the road if it hasn't been at the bryce jordan center they've had a tough time other than illinois right um mm -hmm. cuz they haven't they even the neutral site games they it was tough it, they barely squeaked by a Furman team which i think will win its conference but 
Penn State should have been significantly better than them in that one. They lost to Virginia Tech in neutral, and then they've lost to teams like Nebraska. They got embarrassed by Michigan. So these, they just don't do well uh, away from home. They don't match up well uh, against Northwestern. I have a hard time picking them given the circumstances. I bet that Micah Shrewsbury is going to put together the best game plan here, but even with the veteran experience, uh, if they had beat Rutgers, if they had survived that game, I think they win this one against Northwestern. But I, the reason the spread's so close is because, as you said, Northwestern doesn't defend the three-point shot as well as you would like them to, which is why they're assuming that Penn State's going to outshoot them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Northwestern's just bigger in the front court. They, they're defensively sound. They're physical. It seems like Penn State doesn't respond too well to physical teams, particularly yep. Rutgers. Big 10 referees haven't been calling things that are egregious, but that's besides the point. So I think Northwestern's going to get away with a little extra physicality. It's on the tape. They know it's there. Uh, And I just, unless Penn State shoots lights out, but that's tough. That's a tough ask to say to college kids. Mm -hmm. They're still young men, guys that are in college to say, toughen up. We got a road game against one of the best teams in the Big 10. And you got to go over there in a must-win game. There are no more mulligans. You got to go on at least yeah. a four-game winning streak. My safe bet is a five-game winning streak. If you won in the NCAA tournament, there's just too much on the line. I think Northwestern yeah. can play a little relaxed here. They don't have to travel. Uh, I I don't know. I I think Northwestern wins this game. I I think it can be. I think it'll be within. It'll be single digits. I think Northwestern by based on the spread. I would have said six. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. gonna go somewhere in the neighborhood of seventy to sixty-four. I also do wonder with that line. Um, I'm not sure if because it's never been that hostile of an environment, the Welsh Ryan Center, and all of a sudden oh, yeah. this year it is <laughs> extremely loud. Um, yep. I don't know if you if you caught the Northwestern uh, Iowa game when Fran McCaffrey got ejected. Um, the entire arena is chanting, where's your, your daddy to, uh, Patrick and Connor McCaffrey. It's, it's that kind of thing where, where they've really gotten after some people. Um, Purdue had one of their, one of the newspapers in Indiana wrote a column about just how mean the Northwestern student section is, which is just something you never thought you'd ever read, I guess. Um, and then I guess the, the, the other thing that, when I look at this Penn State team, and I'm curious, just I know that this is a little off topic, but uh, the well, I guess it's not off topic because it's it's pertains to this game. How noticeable is it that Penn State's dead last in the country in offensive rebounding? Is it yeah. is it noticeable when when you watch them like oh every my game? gosh they never have a second chance opportunity I was surprised yeah. from the few they had they had one possession where they got three second chance opportunities because pass rebounds were just tipped balls off the glass were just tipped out and somehow Penn State got a hold of them and then Rutgers returned the favor and did the exact same thing its mm-hmm. next possession so yeah Penn State basically goes down the floor will swing a couple passes shoot a shot and then that's it you know that a second chance opportunity is not mm-hmm. coming and then something else they're bad at defensive efficiency it's just again it's not the quantity it's the quality and and they have a tough time just defending the easy shots Uh, so northwestern should have its way especially in the paint Uh, unfortunately again and if they're going to get if they're going to bracket jalen pickett jalen pickett had to put up 40 points and then 30 points to beat illinois and and minnesota consecutively so 
Mm-hmm. I, I just, I just don't like Penn State's chance. It's just, it's really, it, it can happen. That's why ESPN says Penn State wins a quarter of the time. So twenty five percent of the time they'll they'll win this type of situation. But given the circumstances, I think it's going to be yeah. in that favor of Northwestern here. What's your score prediction, I, Carter? I tend to agree with you. I think that I think this is a game where Northwestern probably, I would say, covers two and a half. Um. I, I, I don't know. I have this feeling that it is going to go over a little bit. I think I could see it being like 34 is low. Yeah. Yeah. I, which, I mean, I've seen some brutal, brutal games. I mean, mm-hmm. I had a, a reaction crossover with uh, Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn after Northwestern and Auburn played each other to a 46 43 final in uh, one of the, one fun. of the worst basketball games I've, I've seen all year. Um, I would I kind of feel like a 72-67 final. I don't think it's going to be like a uh runaway train for Northwestern cuz they just really haven't done that. They don't they don't shoot well though. Yeah, yeah, they they, they they aren't the type of team that's going to they aren't going to do to you what what Maryland did to them in the second half on Sunday where Maryland stretches out uh, what was a two-point lead in a really competitive game to uh, 16 points. Or um, like when Pitt came to Northwestern and hit 1,000 threes and won by 29. Like that's not who Northwestern is. I think it's going to be a single-digit game. I think 72-67 is kind of what I have in my head. All right. A locked-on crossover in the books between the Nittany Lions and the Northwestern Wildcats. That is going to be March 1st, Wednesday night uh, over at Northwestern, a 9 p.m. tip-off Eastern time. Thanks again for mm-hmm. making Locked On Nittany Lions and Locked On Northwestern your first listen and watch every day. Make sure you check out Locked On College Basketball, fitting with the basketball preview we just gave. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, players, and coaches. That is Locked On College Basketball. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Carter, it was great to catch up again. Uh, can't wait yeah, to really. do it. Maybe we work Enjoyed something it. out over the summer uh, to preview Penn State and Northwestern a little early, uh, and mm-hmm. you know so much more. And then your your Wildcats will be in the tournament, and hopefully Penn State can have some magic here. But uh, clearly, what we've talked about, we we don't see it that way. But it was always it's always great to chat. Glad we could connect. Hundred percent. I enjoyed it. It was it was fun to sit here and break this one down.